It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Provocative discussion, intelligence analysis, and fearless comment. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. There is an awful lot of very, very uh, important news about uh, as we head into the final weekend. We are told uh, of the uh, end of the Brexit negotiations after the Prime Minister yesterday warned the Cabinet that we will uh, have a very strong possibility, he said, of no deal. Uh, or as he calls it, an Australia-style uh, WTO deal, which is no deal. Uh, we shall be talking about that and indeed uh, the latest on COVID, mass testing and the like throughout the show uh, with my guest this morning, comedian Steve Allen. Good morning to you, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Yep, Friday, we made it. We, I know. Do you feel that? That is kind of where everyone is today. It's also, I must say, my producer Alex's last day at work for, for the year. So, I mean, obviously next week he'll go much more sleuthy and be much more professional. <laughs> uh, I'll tweet out, for those who yes, missed it yesterday, tweeted out a picture of the monstrosity that was the Christmas jumper that my, my producer Alex uh, wore to the office yesterday. Um, and uh, today we have another offering, so I'll tweet that out as well. It's not a surprise that his girlfriend is delighted that no one knows that she dates him. I think that's the important <laughs> thing. But I'll send out the picture and then you can all comment. And Steve, I'd love to hear your comments as well. Let's talk about the news that people are waking up to. No, not Brexit. No, not COVID and mass testing. But the incredibly sad news that Dame Barbara Windsor has died at the age of 83. Uh, she died in her uh, sleep at a, a London care, sorry, at a care home uh, as uh, from uh, suffering from Alzheimer's uh, for a number of years, of course. Um, I mean, certainly, I mean, your age, my age, you know, this is a woman who has just been part of the backdrop of our lives hasn't it yeah i mean when i saw the the news alerts about that i found it really moving because the story is it's this a story that's similar to what i went through this year with my mum she had alzheimer's and passed away earlier this year and so every part of the story that we saw about um barbara getting alzheimer's i read more closely it it was another way of experiencing the same problem and it comes back to the thing that i moan about all the time and and say you know i stamp my feet we need to do more because as we live longer we're then going to live into a time when we have issues with dementia and that's why more needs to be done absolutely and it's only really in recent years is that lots of people have become more aware of this. This was something that people, families were dealing with and suffering with uh, in, in silence a lot of the time. And, and Barbara Windsor, when she had that diagnosis, she did actually begin campaigning on the issue. She uh, organised a petition uh, at a meeting with the Prime Minister and was very much you know, putting this, in, you know, this subject to the fore. And I think when as much-loved celebrities uh, like Dame Barbara Windsor do that, it really does focus minds and it puts a lot more attention. It gets more charitable donations, but also, crucially, the, the big money which which comes from government in dealing with with this issue because it it it, it brings it it makes it real for people who haven't otherwise suffered it yeah and, and i suppose it comes from the legacy of, of 
issues like that with our parents um from that from my point of view being the kind of thing that you hide because of there being this sense of shame about about what's happening because yeah. you know there are embarrassing things to do with these conditions but that's what we need to be honest about so that we don't hide it so that we know the extent of the problem and then hopefully can do more I've always thought no I wonder how you feel about this that my, my uh, grandmother uh, died at uh, in her mid 90s uh, with with dementia and I always felt that actually it was harder on my aunt who was caring for her um, and who, you know, and who she was often simply not know who she was. She wouldn't know, you know, where, where the bathroom was in the home that she'd lived in for 25 years. You know, that that actually can make, can make for more distress for the family members often than those who themselves are suffering from dementia, who, who don't often don't, once it gets so bad, aren't really aware uh, often and and actually it's the family members I mean I imagine for you often you know having a, a very very important part of your life and someone maybe not recognizing who you are I mean this is incredibly difficult for people yeah actually I've spent lots of time thinking about who who's suffering the most and it's it's a, a horrible question but one that you can't not ask yourself when you're in that situation because out of everyone in the family yeah mum wasn't the one who seemed aware of what was happening because of the way that, you know, everyone's path through Alzheimer's seems to be slightly different. And the way that, that it impacted mum, she didn't know what was happening. Um, so, yeah, she wasn't struggling like, like other members of the family that yeah. it did take a big toll on. Um, but, it yeah, it's still, it's going to be difficult. It's difficult not to have that as the more pressing memory in your head. And I think the same will be true of Barbara Windsor. Yeah. We we need to be remembering the whole life and the oh, yes. achievements before. Absolutely. I'm I'm all for me. I'm just gonna I'm imagining her giggling, half naked, <laughs> covering her boobs, half <laughs> naked in a carry on film and uh, and uh, that amazing head top hairdo, uh you know, top notch shouting at her boys in uh, in EastEnders from behind the bar. That 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 to me is how I'm going to remember her. Um let's talk about how we're going to remember Brexit in the future. Did we end up with a deal? Did we end up with an Australian star deal, i.e. a no deal. Um, I was on Question Time last night and failing the fact that yep, there may or may not be short-term costs, there may not be a deal. But it seems to me that what the EU is currently offering is so far from what any Prime Minister of any country could ever agree to, to sign up to, that Boris Johnson is right, that we have what he called a strong possibility of no deal when it uh, is all going to be resolved, we're told, uh, by Sunday night. What do you make of that? I think it's a situation that, yeah, I mean, I think it would be difficult for a, for a country to take those terms. Um, well, the idea of who's going to compromise, red lines are happening on both sides. And this shows the pointlessness of red lines. When you go into a negotiation saying, you know, with the, these are things that we won't change our mind on. So what's the point of a negotiation if, if everyone's going to be intransigent? The only thing that that bothers me slightly and look, no one should be a Remainer anymore because that's gone. That phase of the argument is gone. We're all leavers now, but it does <laughs> it does smart a little that in the past I might have been having conversations with people saying, "Oh, you, you can't really guarantee that we'll get a a deal," and they'll say, "Oh, you typical Remainer, do you not believe in Britain? Of course we'll get a deal." Those moments still feel like a raw slap across the face because that we've ended up not in that situation. I, I would have expected that we would get a deal. I still don't think it's uh, beyond the, the, the realms of possibility to get a deal. But um, it depends who you blame, doesn't it? I can remember saying, gosh, a couple of years ago, yeah, simpler, happier times, um, before people tried to undermine democracy properly and we had a COVID pandemic. <laughs> um, but saying that actually, you know, that, that, that if there wasn't a deal, it would be the EU that would be blamed. And I think in this scenario, I think there are an awful lot of people on the Remain side who would blame them. 
people always cart back to that line that Liam Fox uh, said, uh, who's a leading Brexiteer, obviously, and he just said, you know, it should be the easiest deal in history, uh, easiest trade deal in history. And people say, oh, you said it would be the easiest trade deal in history. No, he didn't. He said it should be. But it should be. We're, we're, we're geographically close. We're already regulatory aligned. We've already got loads of trade going on. You know, why would it why would it be hard to actually make a deal on that basis? And it's been hard because the EU is asking for things that they would never ask of and have never asked of of any other sovereign nation state. And it seems to me that you know, if they want to continue to treat us like we're a colony, or as I said on Question Time last night, like we're a naughty school child that needs to be punished for daring to vote to leave the EU. I mean, by the way, punishing the British people for voting for something in a democracy. I know the EU's not keen on democracy, but the rest of us are. Um, it, it seems to me, well, well, fine, then we'll walk away. And and if, if they want to have tariffs and they want, to, OK, they're going to buy fewer of our goods probably because they become more expensive, then fine, I'll buy fewer of their goods. I am more than happy to transfer my spending to non-EU products and we'll see how that will, how, how well that goes. If that's what they want to do, then then so be it. They, they will have to live with the consequences as we will. But it will be them living with the consequences as well. Mm. But And I, I love the honesty of the position of there will be consequences and I am perfectly fine with them. And again, maybe I'm still being a little bit of a, a, a Mardi sort to bring this up. But back in the day when people were saying there'll be consequences... Mm. Even if people thought they were worthwhile consequences, mm. for some reason it was respun as, of course there won't be consequences, this will be the best thing in all dimensions, in all metrics. And nothing's the best thing in all metrics, so it just no. seemed like we argued against ideology. But yeah, but I just remember Blair and everyone all going on and on and on about the economic costs. I mean, people were warned about this from, you know, the from every, the Treasury, CBI, I mean, everyone and their dog said, oh, this is going to cost us thousands of pounds per family and everything. Um, and the British people went, well... OK, we either believe you or we don't. But if, if we do believe you, we, we don't care. We still think this is more important. And for me, that that was the issue. And and I think um, the reality is, if there is a decision to have a, a, a no free trade deal and have tariffs, this is a decision by the EU and or our government to basically tax us. Let's all stop using the word tariff. Let's use the word tax. You want to, If you want to make goods coming in and out of the country more expensive, that's just an extra tax. It's paid for by consumers. You know, just remember that, everybody. Just remember that these government, you know, the EU is, is basically going to do a deal to make everything more expensive for their consumers and for us as well. Um, what does that tell you about their interests? They're not in the interests of the, pe- of the ordinary people, are they? It's, it shows their political interests. And I do think people said back in the day when the discussions were had, uh, they raised the risk of what if the EU does, does things to punish us because they want to send a message to stop other nations leaving. Yeah. So we had that as a concept. But again, people said, oh, don't be silly. BMW still needs to. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the end of that sentence is. Well, the worry was real. They obviously. have. I mean, but we know the manufacturers in Germany have said to the German government, for goodness sake, sort it out. But, the, you know, the German government apparently isn't listening. Well, it seems that it's Macron, the one who's not listening. Hey, look, hey given, given that we are such a big market for Germany and France initially, I mean, good luck to them, I say. But um, I still, every day of the week, there's never... Not, not not one, not one nanosecond of a minute of an hour of a day at any point in the last four and a half years where anything that the EU has said or done has ever caused me to think that my vote was the wrong vote for Brexit. Not, yeah, one, no not one moment. Not one. Every single thing they've done has confirmed to me, my God, I want to be out of this organisation.
Yeah, and if as long as that honesty is there with the, you know, there will be some downsides and I'm willing to swallow the downsides, then we can like start to agree and all come together and no one be Remainers anymore because we should be aiming for the best yeah. for the UK. If only everyone had done that on the 24th of June 2016, <laughs> this would be such a different conversation, wouldn't it? We'd be going, oh, do you remember the anniversary when we had Brexit? Oh, we're not really swimmingly. Um, let's also just talk uh, about uh, London and mass testing. Um, the PCR tests are going to be rolled out for secondary school school-aged children across London from next week. Seven boroughs in particular where uh, on the outskirts, northeast, I think mostly where it's been a uh, high rates apparently. Essex and Kent as well. Um, some schools are going to close for the last week of term. Talk about London moving into tier three, massive cost to hospitality jobs. Um, do you think the government's going to do it? Move London, the capital city into tier three, closing down all the hospitality a week before Christmas? I, I, I am not willing to guess on what this government's going to do. Because... <laughs> Who knows how they're going to do it? I mean, the idea of doing more tests, I know at the start of the show I heard you say that does more testing ever lead to any any improvement of the figures? Um, the opposite of that, though, is that doing less testing to not see horrible figures, which is a little bit Trumpian about slow down the testing so we don't have the bad stats. So we might just have to you know, get the better data and work out how to analyse it. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.